0: Happy Easter, everyone. Aren't you glad that uh, our pianist and cantor, Matt Rudolph, sang that hallelujah? I was supposed to. (laughs) It would have been a very, very ugly start to the Easter proclamation. So we give thanks to God that all of us have our places in the church. The ancient, many of you have heard this, but the ancient church, the greeting that they Christians have always given each other on this night is one christian would turn to another and he would say christ is risen and the other says he is truly risen my brothers and sisters christ is risen, he is truly risen. surely goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever When I was a kid, you know how you have those traumatic memories that that jump out at you and they stay with you for good or for ill? One of the ones I remember was my best friend and I growing up, we were playing in my room when I was a kid. I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine. And we had those doors to the closet that were the sliding doors, you know, they're on the, the tracks. And they were giant mirrors. And my friend Eric and I, we had those Nerf hoops. Best thing ever. I don't know what ever happened to those, but best thing ever. Created on the eighth day. (laughs) You guys are too easy. But we were playing with that, and in the middle of our time together, of course the inevitable happened. The, The mirrors came crashing down, and uh, hit the floor, and it didn't. But it didn't make a loud noise. So I knew there was a problem, but I thought everything is going to be okay. Well, sometimes in life, you know you have a problem, but it turns out to be much bigger than you ever dreamed it would be. And so, sure enough, we we bent down, and, and with our eight-year-old muscles we we started to lift up those mirrors and you could hear all the shards of glass falling out in a thousand pieces on the floor and my best friend looked at me and he said i think i have to go home now (laughs) i brought that story up at his wedding take that eric The Christian story, brothers and sisters, that we heard tonight, and what a beautiful, powerful, most sacred of all nights. Tonight is the mysterious night when Jesus Christ conquered death. The Christian story is a story of a good world gone bad. We heard our first reading from Genesis, and what a powerful reading that is. It's something we forget, that God looks at creation and he says those powerful three words, it is good. We believe that as men and women who believe in God, we know that he created the world good. But of course, there was the fall. And brothers and sisters, and especially tonight, my dear brothers and sisters who will be received into the fullness of the Catholic faith. The good news of the gospel goes something like this. It says there's a good world, but something went wrong. And we know there's a problem, but it's actually far worse than you ever thought it was. It's far worse. And brothers and sisters, wherever you're at tonight, some of you, I know so many of you are faithful Catholics. Some of you might be on the fringe. Wherever you're at, the disease of sin is far worse than you think it is. It destroys God's children. It separates us from Him. The natural consequence of sin is hell itself. And no one believes that anymore. It's getting easier, isn't it? In our time when we live with the horrors of of militant and radical Islam, when we see a society around us that is obsessed with sensuality, when we see the decay of uh, materialism, We can start to believe that sin is really, really bad. But it's far worse than you think. I know what you're thinking. Okay, Father Brian, you said this is like good news. It gets there. The hardest thing on earth for us to deal with as Christians is not sin. It's apathy. And the world around us doesn't think there's a problem. Everything's fine. We may be so addicted to technology that we don't even know how to have relationships anymore. But everything's fine. The problem is much worse than any of us have ever dreamed. But God's redemption far surpassed it. And it went beyond our wildest imaginations. That's the good news of the gospel. Our situation was so much worse than we ever dreamed. But God's love went infinitely beyond. Where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. Jesus spends a lot of the New Testament doing this. All the people, you've ever noticed this in the New Testament, all these people who are righteous, Jesus spends all this time trying to convince them that the problem is much bigger than they think it is. The Jews are always worried about Roman occupation, and Jesus seems not to care because he knows there's a bigger problem, which is the slavery of sin. The resurrection, of course, that was so much bigger than any of that. And so much so, if you heard our gospel tonight, the early church didn't even understand. Even Back in Mark chapter 9 in the Transfiguration, the disciples, Jesus tells them that he will be raised from the dead. And the disciples are walking down the mountain, and they say, and this is a direct translation, they say, what in the H-E-double hockey sticks does that mean? They don't know. They have no clue. Tonight, when the women come back to the apostles and they tell them that they did not find Christ, the apostles don't believe them. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. The solution to our problem is much greater than any of us have ever dreamed. Resurrection is a word we struggle to understand. What does it mean to be raised bodily from the dead? And it's hard for us to know. Tonight's a mysterious night. Sometime in that darkness between the cross and the light of Easter morning, Jesus Christ redeemed the world. And one of the things that's so beautiful about this, brothers and sisters, you never really understand a redemption until you know how bad our position was. And the church, ever since the first days, ever since the first days, the church has applied Psalm 139 to what happened tonight. In Psalm 139, the author says, If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed among the dead, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. If I say, let only darkness cover me and the light about me be as night, even the darkness is not dark for you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. And a few verses later, when I awake, I am still with you. Brothers and sisters, wherever you may go in this life, wherever this world may lead you, in the great sufferings you will assuredly endure, in the fears of your hearts, in the loneliness that you encounter, God is there. And the beautiful thing that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, did for us, the last place that any of us desires to go, the greatest fear every one of us has is to enter death alone. But Lord, if I make my bed among the dead you are there. And when I awake, I know you will say, I am with you. Jesus Christ enters into our death, the darkest of all places, so that you and I would not be there alone. so that his redemption would be so much greater than even the the depths of darkness that we encounter. A beautiful psalm. But Jesus did conquer death. The church for all of Lent, we all know this, during Lent, we, we, be, we abandon the Alleluia. And the church tonight, in, in trying to open to us the mystery, the great mystery of what happened some 2,000 years ago, she gives us a couple of symbols to help us understand. And one of them is that for the first time, you and I sing the, those magical words again. Alleluia. Again, I am so grateful to Matt that I didn't have to sing that. Here's what Pope Benedict says. He says, when a person experiences great joy, he cannot keep it to himself. He has to express it to pass it on. But what happens when a person is touched by the light of the resurrection and thus comes into contact with life itself, with truth himself, with love himself? He cannot merely speak about it. Speech is no longer adequate. He has to sing. The church tonight, all across the world, the church sings her new song. There's something beyond her, something she could never accomplish herself. The resurrection of the groom has come. Words fail. tonight we don't have any baptisms because all of you who go to Lords are totally lame and you don't evangelize. <laughs> I'm sorry it's true. Someone had to say it. In the early church those who were newly baptized were referred to as the photismatoi, the enlightened ones. And in the writings of St. Paul, we find, and in the words of Christ himself, we find different places where encounters with Christ, and especially baptism, is associated with light. My dear candidates, you know the Easter candle processing through the church tonight, piercing the darkness, is a symbol of the resurrection. And the day you were baptized, all of us, the day we were baptized, brothers and sisters, we received a share in the promise of eternal life. Which is why our little candles all start from that candle. The photismatoi, the enlightened ones. There's a great line... In Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 5, St. Paul says this. He says, Once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, and try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. But instead, expose them. For it is a shame even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Brothers and sisters, the day you were baptized, you became enlightened. You are the light of the world. And make no mistake about it, you and I walk in dark times. The world's always been a dark place. But what exposes darkness is not intellectual arguments, it's not really good looking people. Sorry, Deacon Nick. It's people who live in Jesus Christ. Actually, you're not that good looking. (laughs) if I if I chose on a woman though they'd be like so embarrassed they'd love it but they'd be so embarrassed light exposes darkness and here's the trick brothers and sisters tonight if I have one challenge you tonight the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is not the happy ending to the story of course it is that but it is so much more the early Christians understood that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a summons for the whole world to come to obedience. When the Son of God conquered sin and death, he was revealed as the true Lord of all history. And you and I are the light of the world. And the only way that people know that, the only way they know that he is the true king, that our government is not, that the media is not, that money and power and prestige and pleasure are not the kings of this world is when you and I live in the light. My dear candidates, that's your job. This is all that matters. If Jesus Christ truly on this night, if he conquered death, eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. The love of God has conquered the grave, but it summons us to obedience. And so, brothers and sisters, it's not an option for any of us. If you're a baptized Christian, the redemption of the world happens when you and I become holy. When we receive the gift of Easter, when we stop living for other things, and we live only for Him, the world sees that. And so tonight the church sings her new song. Those who have already been baptized in other Christian communities come to the fullness of Christ's church. We celebrate the resurrection, and we pray that we might be light in the Lord.